Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. We've been hearing a lot from St. Peter in the readings of Mass this week, and that's, of course, for very good reason. Although St. Peter wasn't the most faithful follower of Jesus pre-resurrection, we know that he was among the first to experience personally the power of the resurrection. He was among the first to have his life turned upside down by this power. So it's good for us to listen closely as he brings God's word to us again this morning. He begins his letter, which we pick up in the second reading, uh, with basically an account of the Easter message. He says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us new birth as his sons and as his daughters. He's given us a new life, a whole new identity. And he does that. He did that by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. You notice Peter didn't say he did that because you were deserving of it, because you earned it. No, he did it by raising Jesus Christ from the dead so that we have a sure hope and the promise of an inheritance that can never be spoiled or soiled and never fade away, regardless of the circumstances of our life. Because it is being kept for you in the heavens, this life of resurrection is hidden in Christ with God, as we reflected last week. This message, Peter goes on to say, when it comes alive in you, is a cause of great joy. That's his words. It's a cause of great joy. How great is your joy at the moment? And St. Peter's talking about joy. He's not talking about being cheerful 24-7, but he's talking about that deep gladness, that deep contentment that comes from knowing that God is in control and God is good and God is faithful. And so you might think to yourself, well, yeah, I think last Sunday, Easter, I reckon I was pretty joyful that day. I might have even been greatly joyful. But Father Dan, you know, that was a week ago. And, you know, a lot of bad things can happen in a week. I'm not sure I'm carrying that same kind of joy at the moment. I want to share with us a secret today. This is a secret which is a certain game changer if we're prepared to believe it. And the secret is this, that Easter is not just one day a year. Now, I'm sure there are some of you at home who are pretty good with the church calendar and you're thinking, yeah, you're right, Father Dan. We've got an octave of Easter, eight days, and then we have an Easter season, and that leads all the way to Pentecost. And then every Sunday is a day of the resurrection. It's an Easter day. And that's true. But what I want to suggest is that the secret is 
that Easter is even more often than all those days. Easter is every day. In fact, Easter is every day or it's no day. Every day the tomb is empty. Every day Jesus has won victory over our death. Every day we have access to this gift of the resurrection, this hidden life in God. Often on Easter Day, people send around text messages, don't we? Christ is risen, and we show that image of the the risen Christ, the empty tomb. But do you know, we can actually send this message any day. Monday mornings when we wake up and we're dreading going to work or going to uni, Christ is risen. When we're plagued by all kinds of trials, as St Peter talks about in the reading today, Christ is risen. When we're depressed and lonely and stressed and anxious and afraid, we're able to send that text, Christ is risen. That's why we call this gift of Jesus good news. Because it's absolute. Unlike the Old Testament, the old law, you know, they had to uh, sacrifice a lamb every year to deal with the, the hardship and the stress and the sin of their life. Jesus' word, his sacrifice is final. Easter is every day. Now, I can see some young people at home right now thinking, whoa. If Easter is every day, does that mean the Easter bunny comes every day? <laughs> uh, you have to ask your parents about that. I, I studied Jesus. I didn't study about the Easter bunny. I don't know a lot about the Easter bunny. But this, of course, is not really a secret, is it? This is our faith. As St. Peter says today, even in the midst of life's challenges, although we can't fully access the resurrection now, we can access enough of it now that can profoundly change the way that we negotiate life, regardless of the circumstances that we're facing. That's the promise of Easter, that we can access a new way of doing life. So we're going to start a series today. We're going to call this series Everyday Easter. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about different ways, different practical things that we can do to bring Easter into our everyday lives. If we want to be an Easter people, there are some attitudes, there are some patterns in us that we need to unlearn so that we can relearn the attitudes and the pattern of Jesus, the way of Easter life. And so we're going to be exploring that a little bit over these coming weeks. Today, I just want to lay a little bit of a foundation by talking about faith. Faith, of course, is the fundamental attitude that opens us up to Easter life. Faith is, is not just a decision that we make here or there, but it's, it's a mindset. It's a lens through which we see everything. St. Peter today, he says, Through your faith, God's power will guard you until the salvation which has been prepared, is revealed at the end of time. Through your faith. I mentioned last week that, that it's our faith uh, that is kind of the gateway to this hidden life in God. 
to this life of the resurrection. Today, Peter's saying that faith is not only what gets us in to this hidden life, but it's what keeps us in. Faith as a mindset, faith as an attitude, it guards us from what might want to rob us of Easter life. And there are so many ways we can talk about faith. But as I was praying, I felt inspired to to talk a little bit about the relationship between faith and doubt. I want to talk about faith today as a capacity to face uncertainty. Capacity to face uncertainty. And I, I want to use Thomas as our model. Often Thomas, of course, is given the, the label of doubter, huh? and, and we can look at him a little bit negatively in that way. But what if the opposite is true? What if Thomas's doubt, his uncertainty about what he heard from his fellow mates about Jesus rising from the dead, what if that is actually a reflection of his faith? You see, we like to have all the answers in life, don't we? We like to have all the explanations about why people do what they do or, or why bad things happen to good people or why we're in the situation we're in. And, and when we, we can't find the answers, it, it can disturb us. We can get un, un, unsettled, bitter, angry, cynical. It can be hard to face our uncertainty, it requires a certain trust, a certain faith, just to allow uncertainty to be in our life. There are, of course, times when we, when we should be looking for answers. But faith enables us to recognise and to accept that there is so much that we don't understand so much that we can't understand. Faith also allows for the possibility that maybe, just maybe it's supposed to be this way. Maybe that's why God said to Adam and Eve, don't eat from that tree, the tree of knowledge. Maybe we're not supposed to understand everything. Maybe uncertainty has an important role in our life. Maybe God speaks to us most deeply through our uncertainty. I think of the resurrection. Jesus, I'm sure, he could have come out of the tomb when everyone is around, right? When everyone could see him. But he didn't. All the disciples found was an empty tomb uncertainty about what had happened. And, and we know that some of the, the, the first who came to the tomb, they were quite distressed about this uncertainty. They saw the empty tomb and they were anxious and they were upset and they were afraid. Others actually faced the uncertainty. We heard that last week, that they went into the tomb. They looked at their uncertainty long enough until they found new faith. I feel like the same is true for Thomas. It seems to me that he had enough faith to be real about his doubts. He didn't disown his friends 
which to me says that he didn't give up on Jesus. He didn't become angry or cynical. Everyone else had seen the reason Jesus except him. Everyone else believed except him. He just sat with his uncertainty. He allowed it to be there. And I think that's why he had such a powerful encounter with Jesus. Because he was honest. He was real. He was vulnerable before God. St. Peter says today, You did not see him, and yet you love him. And still without seeing him, you are already filled with a joy so glorious it cannot be described. What St. Peter's saying to us is that it is possible to have uncertainties and still believe in God's goodness. It's possible to, to be uncertain, to not have it all clear, but yet still love God. In fact, in the Gospel, Jesus says, those of you who carry uncertainties and yet believe are especially happy or especially blessed. You see, when we carry uncertainty in our life, it requires extra faith. And the more faith that we exercise in our lives, the more that we open ourselves up to the power of Easter, the power of the resurrection. There are so many uncertainties that we carry in life. Uncertainties, no doubt, about God and about God's ways, but also everyday uncertainties. Work, financial security, our health, we're uncertain sometimes, no doubt, about our marriages, about our families, about our future. I want us to take confidence today. I want to suggest that Thomas assures us that all these uncertainties, if we look at them through the lens of faith, can actually, actually be little gateways, little gateways for our soul to open up to the power of Easter in our everyday lives. I'm going to show a little dramatisation now, a little interpretation of that exchange between Thomas and Jesus. Given what we've reflected on today, I want you to notice how Jesus meets Thomas in his doubt, in his uncertainty. It's hard to be... Ends up being a moment of profound encounter bet between Thomas and Jesus. And I want you to allow for the same possibility in your own life that, that Jesus, as he does Thomas, he meets us in our uncertainties when we can look at them through the lens of our faith. It's hard to be judged for one mistake, but it's what I'll be remembered for, I guess. I wasn't always the doubter. That's not who I am. I have a zeal for Jesus. I always have. When Lazarus died, no one wanted to return to Bethany with Jesus. The atmosphere there was volatile and dangerous. Jesus said he'd show us his glory. I assumed we'd all die there. Still, I'm the one who said, Let's go. But then, then came this room. 
night. At the time, none of us understood as we sat at that table. This is my body? This is my blood? He raised the dead. He, he cast out demons even. What could he possibly mean? I didn't doubt it when they told me he was dead. But how can you not doubt someone coming back to life? Some didn't doubt. But for me, it was harder. Maybe it was just that I didn't want to be disappointed. Many came after me who believed without seeing what I saw. Jesus called them blessed. Yes, I touched the place of the nails, the hole in his side. Such definitive proof that I cried out, my Lord, my God. But that wasn't the only amazing thing. The Almighty One, he came back for me. He didn't want to leave me behind in my doubt. He says, I'm worth that. And I'll follow him anywhere for the rest of my life. So Jesus, we, we do pray for grace a grace of faith, that you give us the faith to, to see our uncertainties as a, as a gateway, as, a, um, as an entry point into a, a deeper encounter with, with, with your truth and with your, your love, with the, the glory of Easter. We just pray, Lord, that whatever uncertainties we're carrying in our life at the moment, that you will help us to, to see them through the lens of faith, to, to look at them, to allow them to be there, and, and, and most especially to allow you to reveal yourself to us through them. We would come to recognize you, like Thomas did, as our Lord and our God, as, as the one who is good and faithful, the one that we can always trust in. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.